The Crossroads A Place of Indecision A place where we all find ourselves at one point or another. But does God have a plan for us? And if so, how can we find it? Hi, I'm Thomas Mayhew, and you're listening to The Crossroads, a podcast by AIM. On this episode, I am happy to have with me Joshua Pestis, Andrew Ash, and Lene Ash. Thank you for guys for joining me. It's great to have you on. Looking forward to our topic today, actually, especially because the question we have for today is, how can I be on fire for God? That's an absolutely amazing question, <laughs> and it's, it's such a great thing to share about. Yeah, I think it's something that we all desire. We all want to be on fire for God. We all want to be um, willing to do His will at any time and, and just being like excited to share with other people. Yeah, so I think we should go and kind of dissect a little bit of what the fire is, how we can have the fire, and how we can share the fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's first start with what is the fire? I think when we take a look at what Jesus has done for us and, you know, dying on the cross and offering us a home in heaven, you know, being, you know, being willing to forgive our sins and everything, you know, <laughs> that helps us to have the fire. I mean, that is fire right there. <laughs> Paul, yeah. yeah, you got that right. Yeah. Yes, right there. That's a manifestation of God's power and God's love for us. And that kind of, that's the thing where love begets love. And that instills in us the fire that God has for sharing and for you know once you experience something like that some amazing love like that and you know that it's a free gift for somebody else it gives you a passion to share that with somebody else Mm -hmm. so if we really realize how much god gave us it's not even like a duty to be on fire for god (laughs) it's a joy to be on fire Mm. for god yes absolutely comes so naturally true. exactly mm-hmm. yeah you just naturally want to share what god has done for you and what god has done for each person you just want him to know that hey god loves you and he he gave this awesome sacrifice for you what will you do about it right yeah it seems like the fire what is the fire i think it seems like what we're coming to somewhat of a conclusion of is that the fire is something that happens when we change and when we're changed in the, in that transformation i want to share hebrews 12 verse 28 it says wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved let us have grace whereby we may serve god acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our god is a consuming fire so God is a consuming fire. And when we are accepting his kingdom into us, we're not going to be moved. And we can accept that and we'll have an awe, a reverence, a godly fear. 
and we will want to share how amazing our fire is, our God is. Amen. And if you want to read all about fire, just read the whole book of Acts, especially Acts chapter 2, where the disciples are, they become like converted right after Jesus leaves. Yeah. Yeah, the, the amazing things that, that they did through the power of the Holy Spirit. 3,000 people converted in, in one day. Peter preaching his first real sermon. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because, <laughs> of course, mm-hmm. the, I, I, we know that uh, Jesus sent out the disciples two by two before they were truly converted. Um, but I think they had all the much more power to preach and to share once they were completely converted and understood what was really the mission, what really the mission of Jesus really was and is. And the sacrifice he had actually paid for them, they were just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, they missed it all like, until he left. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, there's a lot of interesting places in the Gospels where it's like it, it says, and, and he did it, not that they would understand then, but that later they would look back and they would believe. And so once all of that started fitting together and they truly believed and they truly understood what went on in God's plan of salvation that lit them on fire. And they also prayed for something special. And that was the Holy Spirit, the comforter that God sent. That is, that is another answer to what the fire is. God is the fire. The Holy Spirit is God. And so there you go. The fire is, is God and his Holy Spirit. In you in you yep. exactly yep if it doesn't abide in you because you can't do because we can't do anything of ourselves if we don't have the holy spirit abiding within us then how are we going to be on fire for god i mean jesus also tells us that we need to abide in him and he will abide in us as well yes mm-hmm. so so that brings about the question of how do we have that fire in us and i think we've we've gone over a little bit of how that fire is sparked is when we realize the sacrifice and we realize what God has done for us that that when that starts fitting together that kindles a fire mm-hmm. another really cool way of um, having the fire is outreach I mean when you're helping people and you're like trying to share Christ with them and showing them that he really loves them you can't help but be on fire. I mean, that is being on fire for God. Amen. That experience of sharing helps you have that fire. Mm-hmm. I wanted to share a verse, 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 11. It, it helps to answer the question of what brings about that zeal and that fire. It says, For behold this selfsame thing, that ye sorrowed after a godly sort. What carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what vengeance. In all things ye have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. So here we see that 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 zeal and that vehement desire comes after that godly sorrow and realizing what you've done wrong and what God has done to change what you've done wrong and to change you and that carefulness and that clearing of yourselves then brings about the fire. In essence, conversion. Yeah. Yeah. And part of 
what gives us the desire to be converted and become more like Christ is realizing what Jesus has done for us. And I would like to share with you Romans 5, 8, um, which reads, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I think once we realize the magnitude of the sacrifice of, sacrifice of God um, and of Jesus, then we will really understand what it means to be a Christian. Being a Christian is really living like Christ, Christian, right? And then sharing what he has done for you with others so that they can become like him too. Because you can be like him maybe, but, but you're not sharing him. Then what's the point, you know? Yeah. And if you're like, say you haven't really been on fire for God before, when you first start, it might seem like that you're not really making an impact. But really, if you're giving your best to God and asking the Holy Spirit to help you and just giving it all for God and for His glory and helping others, really, in the long run, every little bit counts. True. Yeah, we don't have to feel like we have to be doing these great, you know, things like, you know, Preaching a sermon or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be any of that. It can be uh, just ministering to someone who is who is hurting, who is not feeling well, who either physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Um, it can mean uh, giving. It can. It could mean leaving tracts on benches or in restrooms or other places where people will come across them. Or even, like, some people are more closed to, like, outright, like, sharing of the gospel. But just, like, say they needed helping plant tomatoes or something. If you're willing to do that and happy and cheerful, that's really showing them that you care about them. Mm. Yeah. So living the life of Christ is what being a Christian is supposed to be. We're supposed to live like Christ lived. And so that's... That's and the, and the way that he connected with people who might not come and listen to him talk is he showed that he cared. He mingled among men as one who desired their good. And then once he had won their trust through that and through helping them, then he could open to them the treasures of truth. And and that is the method that we're supposed to use and what we're called to do is to live that life of Christ because he took our lives and our bad choices for himself and he died on the cross he became sin for us so that we could become we could have his choices so that we could, be, could become righteous right through him Christ was treated as we deserve that we might be treated as he deserves that's desire of ages 25 yeah yeah wow and i think another great way to start having the fire is finding other people that have that desire or even other people that maybe are already on fire for God and are willing to to kind of help you become more on fire for God with them by doing outreach, Bible study, um, and those kind of things. I think when you have a group of people that, that come together for the same purpose, the power of that group of people, especially if they're Christians, just multiplies. Yeah, the fire of God is contagious. So if you 
<laughs> if you walk into a room full of people on fire for God, you're gonna be you're gonna notice, you know, just like people <laughs> saw the disciples and knew that they had been with Jesus. They're gonna, you know, you're gonna walk into the room, and if you're with people that are on fire for God, it's gonna be contagious, and it's gonna be, you're you're gonna be able to see that and to experience that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'd like to read an interesting quote I found. It's just, it, it was cool to read it because it made me realize the importance of being on fire for God and carrying that through your life, having enthusiasm and, say, outreach and things you do. Here's what it says. It's from Prophets and Kings, page 263. It says, When God opens the way for the accomplishment of a certain work and gives assurance of a success, the chosen instrumentality must do all in his power to bring about the promised result. Now listen to this. In proportion to the enthusiasm and perseverance with which the work is carried forward will be the success given. <laughs> That's amazing. Depending on how much enthusiasm you have, perseverance, God will grant the same amount of success. Hmm. Hmm. I guess that testifies to the importance of character development and sanctification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So rather than going about outreach as something that, oh, this is right and this is good, therefore I need to do it kind of a thing, kind of as a grudging willingness, it should be, you should be able to see that as an amazing opportunity to share what God has done for you. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that that fire that he gives you. So God gives you the fire anyway. <laughs> so as long <laughs> in proportion to the fire that God gives you, he will give you success. So as into the proportion that you accept the fire that he gives you, he will experience that success. Yeah, and I think the the more willing you are to accept what he gives you, um, you know, he says I think it's in James that um, he gives to all men liberally. And so if they ask, and so if we are responsible with the abilities, talents, and the fire that God has already given us, if we are responsible with that and we move forward in perseverance, like the quote was saying, then God will bestow upon us more and more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like in Malachi, it's in that instance, it was talking about tithe, but, you know, he's going to pour out so many blessings that we can't even receive them all. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and those blessings may not be physical blessings. They could be spiritual blessings it could be you know any kind of other blessings you know i think i think that that verse is all encompassing when it referring to blessings so that's an awesome thing it's not it's not like oh i'll just give you your physical blessings or i'll just give you your spiritual blessings you know god does a complete job yeah 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 and so <clears throat> kind of bouncing back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier in order to be able to receive what God has for us, there may be some things that need to get out of the way. And so in order to be on fire for God and to have the fire, we need to, it's going to, our success is going to be in proportion to how much we can receive and how much we receive is going to be in proportion to how much space we make for it. And so we need to be making space for God's fire in us if we want to have that fire in us. So that would maybe 
be evaluating our characters and the things that we cherish in this life and seeing if there's anything that could be taking the place of, of the Holy Spirit and dwelling in our, in our lives. And then the more we take out of there, the more space the Holy Spirit has to fill us with that fire. Mm-hmm. And it's like surrendering your heart to God. Like, as you were saying, Thomas, you, you have to get rid of the sinful, selfish things before you have room for God's fire to be in your heart. Mm-hmm. And so we need to make sure and surrender everything to God because that could be what's keeping us from being on fire for God too and to completely surrender, not just surrender part of it. Mm-hmm. I think an important aspect too is to realize that you don't have to be perfect before you can be on fire for God or start doing outreach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think another really cool thing is, I actually heard this from uh, someone I know, and she was saying that the, cy- the cycle is really cool of like your devotional life and outreach and evangelism. So the more time and you put into your devotional life, your spiritual life, talking with God and reading the word, the more you will want to do outreach. And then the more you do outreach, the more you will want to, the more time you will want to spend with God and it just keeps going around and around. And then it's getting better and better as you go along and combining those two things. So they're vitally important. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Just as the cycle of sin is a slow spiral downwards, the cycle of growing up into Christ is a cycle that goes upward. And, <laughs> you know, and each time you're spending time with God and then you go and you're like, this is so amazing. You share it. Then you keep spiraling upwards and you're like, I want to share something more. And you go back to the word and you find something again. You find another amazing thing and then you share it and you're slowly spiraling upwards and growing in Christ. Mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. also makes an important point in that we can't like only do one or the other. Like you can't really have success and outreach and not be filled with the with the spirit you know that results from communion with god and then you can't really you know be doing it the other way around either it just doesn't work you have to have both aspects yeah you can't share what you don't have and you can't hoard what you don't share (laughs) Mm, that's really good i like that (laughs) and you know when you share the gospel and be on fire for god it's really like it's so much different than like the joy from it is so much different from like say at Christmas time you open a present it's a different joy it's like you through God's help had just brought someone a little closer to God through helping them yeah it's like it's really it's like fulfilling yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think that kind of manifests itself in the difference between joy and happiness. I uh-huh. I heard a really interesting comparison with that at Young Disciple Camp One Campfire. Happiness relies upon things that happen, whereas joy continues through everything. Ooh, I like that. Hmm. So I think we've already transitioned a little bit in into the how do I share it, at least that we need to share it, so how do we go about sharing the fire that we have inside us? And it seems like from what we've been saying that it's quite a natural thing to want to share it once you have the fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are many different methods of sharing. Uh, there's 
like more personal ministry, there's outreach, um, and then you have uh, other aspects. I guess the outreach part is like, for example, going door to door and and praying with people, giving them literature or leaving it by their door, you know, that, that sort of thing, or on the street corners, you know, you're there, that sort of thing, That's that would be outreach. And then you have more personal ministries, which would be like visiting the sick or helping someone who's having trouble emotionally or spiritually, you know, so you have those those two different aspects. And I think everyone has their place in that because not everyone, you know, may feel comfortable with uh, going door to door or doing evangelistic series or, you know, something big like that. And and additionally, not maybe not everyone is as good with the personal ministries part. So that's why, that's where different personalities and different likes for, for those kind of things come in from different people. So you don't have to feel like you have to do something high and mighty to be doing something for God. Yeah, absolutely. And and even if it's something that we view as high and mighty, it isn't necessarily any higher and mightier than any of the other forms of ministry that, that you could be doing. And I think it is definitely important to take into account your talents and even what you enjoy doing for God. But also, regardless, you're going, to, you're going to run into circumstances where you are uncomfortable with what you're doing. But what you're going to be able to realize, you have that fire, you want to share it. And if you put God first over your own personal reputation and what, you know, what other people might think of you, that might be something that you deal with, then you will be able to experience that joy of going over that and saying, hey, it's not my reputation at risk. It's God's reputation at risk. I'm going to go and do my best for him and let him take care of this situation. Wow, that's really good. That's true. I think one of the coolest ways of <clears throat> sharing the fire is simply being on fire. <laughs> yep. You know, uh, it's interesting. Sometimes when you listen to a sermon, whether it be on Audioverse or at your church, Sometimes it's like, whoa, that preacher knows what he's talking about and he's on fire and he sincerely believes what he's talking about. And it's just a challenge each time I hear someone like that for me, you know, to apply that to my life. And how can I be on fire? How can people see Jesus shining through me? Mm. Mm-hmm. I know Ellen White says that one of our main influences is just how we conduct ourselves and how we live our daily lives. And so that's another important aspect. Obviously, doing the outreach and doing the personal ministries is super important. But if we don't have our daily lives under control, then we won't have near the amount of impact we could otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Being on fire is living your life on fire. And so so it's not, I mean, there are like we just mentioned, many different ways that we can go out of our way and be like, I'm going to spend this time doing this kind of outreach. But then there's also the fact that you are always doing outreach in the way that you live your life, even in the choices that you make at your own house and the things that you decide to spend your time on. They're all shaping who you are and what you are to people who who will see you. And you, you may be the only glimpse of Jesus that they see. Mm-hmm. 
I know last week my brother and I went and helped our neighbor who is getting older and we helped him plant tomatoes and it really spoke a lot to him and his daughter that there were still people out there that were willing to help and were happy and cheerful about it and didn't, you know, and it just really spoke a lot to them and when we got home I just felt so happy and so like I had done something for God and like fulfilled. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, so many times we look for fulfillment in things that the world shows as, oh, this is fun and this is cool. And so if you do this, you know, you'll feel cool and amazing and fu- you'll have fun. But none of that is truly fulfilling. And you, you're, again, it's the cycle, it's the downward cycle. You're always going to be searching after, okay, well, this wasn't quite enough. I'm going to go try this. Maybe that is going to make me feel cool and happy. But none of this stuff is ever going to make you feel joy. It's never going to truly fulfill you. It's only until you have a taste of the fire and you let the fire live in you that you will realize what true fulfillment is. Mm. That's very good. You know, uh, I was thinking about how to keep that fire going as well. I think that's an important aspect. And a few things uh, that we could mention on that is maintaining your connection with God as we were talking about that cycle. And another thing is realizing that the urgency of the message, and the urgency that if you do not share with, take this opportunity, if you do not take opportunities that are put in front of you, and and you, you feel like the Holy Spirit telling you, ooh, you know, you should do this or, or that, and you don't do it, that person that would have been affected by that could die tomorrow. And they would have lost a, a huge opportunity for eternity. It could be their last opportunity to hear about Jesus. Mm, so mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Seize the moments. Yes. So, and if you really, really cherish your, your love for Jesus and your connection with him and you want others to have that, then you will be sharing it as much as possible so that, so that they don't have to miss out on, on that. Mm. And it'll eventually come a habit to where you don't even have to intentionally think about it. You just want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on your everyday trip to the grocery store, you don't usually think of going and talking to people and sharing Jesus. But if you think about it in the way that we just discussed, how it might be that guy over there looking over the potatoes, it might be his last chance or his one, one of his only chances to see or to understand who God is and what God is like. So when the Holy Spirit prompts you with an opportunity to share, or maybe you're talking with somebody and somehow the conversation, or or maybe pr- purposefully the conversation meanders towards spiritual topics, God is God has likely set up that situation so that you can share with somebody who He really is. Amen. So in conclusion, we went over how to be on fire for God. We looked at what the fire is and the fire of God living in us and his Holy Spirit working through us. We looked at how we can have it and how it comes through full surrender and letting that fire come into our lives and making room for that fire in our lives. 
And then we looked at how we can share the fire because once we're on fire, it's contagious. And we looked at how each opportunity is important as well as those things where we set aside time to perform a specific kind of outreach. And so in conclusion, I want to leave you guys with a quote from Steps to Christ. It's in the chapter, Growing Up into Christ. And it's going to be talking about the disciples when they, um, when they were going out and the apostles when they met together after Jesus' ascension. So here it is on page 73. When Christ ascended to heaven, the sense of his presence was still with his followers. It was a personal presence, full of love and light. Jesus, the Savior, who had walked and talked and prayed with them, who had spoken hope and comfort to their hearts, had, while the message of peace was still upon his lips, been taken up from them into heaven, and the tones of his voice had come back to them as the cloud of angels received him, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Matthew 28, 20. He had ascended to heaven in the form of humanity. They knew that he was before the throne of God, their friend and savior still, that his sympathies were unchanged, that he was still identified with the suffering humanity. He was presenting before God the merits of his own precious blood, showing his wounded hands and feet in remembrance of the price he had paid for his redeemed. They knew that he had ascended to heaven to prepare places for them, and that he would come again and take them to himself. And as they met together after the ascension, they were eager to present their request to the Father in the name of Jesus. In solemn awe, they bowed in prayer, repeating the assurance, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. John 16, 23 and 24. They extended the hand of faith higher and higher with the mighty argument. It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Romans 8:34. And Pentecost brought them to the presence of the Comforter, of whom Christ had said, He shall be in you. And he further said, It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. John 14:17 and 16:7. Henceforth, through the Spirit, Christ was to abide continually in the hearts of his children. Their union with him was closer than when he was personally with them. The light and love and power of the indwelling Christ shone out through them so that men beholding marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. That's fire. All that Christ was to his disciples, he desires to be to his children today. For in that last prayer, with the little band of disciples gathered about him, he said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's us. Jesus prayed for us to have that fire. And we can have it if we ask. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time on The Crossroads. Thank you.